Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ancestors podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. In this episode, Maria is back, and we're here to talk about Halloween, because we're close to, this, to October 31st, and during this month of October, we've been talking about a lot of spiritual, mysterious, spooky things, and we've been preparing ourselves and you to this episode about Halloween, the celebration itself. Some of you might be tired about this topic, but for us, it's really exciting, so we're going to go for it. So first, we wanted to introduce a little bit about the origins of Halloween, right? Yeah, and I'm, I mean, there are so many facets to Halloween. That's why we've been able to do so many episodes about the topic. And maybe some of you know Halloween as Halloween, but some of you may know it as sewing, as it was known in the time of the Celts, because they celebrated sewing and not Halloween. And I guess we can talk a little bit about why this changed and what sewing is all about. What is that? And I mean, what's the difference between sewing and Halloween? Maybe something interesting to dive into in this episode. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. So let us introduce a little bit about what it was. So sewing was originated by the Celts in about 2,000 years ago. And this tradition of the Celts actually lived until today, especially coming from Ireland and Irish people that went to the United States, brought it over there. And a lot of people that are weekends also celebrated and is also seen as the witch's new year for a reason. So for those who don't know, the Celts were people who used to live um, in Ireland, in the UK, and the northern of, of France. But there were some other places, but mainly in those, like my sister said about 2,000 years ago, for those who don't know. Yeah, so the Celts, they believed they celebrated the year a bit differently from us. So they had the Wheel of the Year, and Samhain was one of the main celebrations, or what they would consider a fire festival. And it takes place between the fall equinox and the winter equinox. And um, during the October 31st, winter solstice. Yeah, I'm sorry. So fall equinox and winter solstice. So it happens between October 31st and November 1st. And November 1st would be their new year. Um, so they believed that during that period of time, it was very, very special because the veil between the worlds would thin and the living and the dead, they would become closer again. So because of that, they had various celebrations and also to say thanks to the harvest that just happened because winter is approaching faster and faster. Um, so it's interesting to see that the Druids, they would build, the Druids, they were considered kind of priests and very important people that lived among the Celts and they were very respected. So they would build these huge bonfires that were sacred and people would gather around with their crops, burn their crops and animals as sacrifices for Celtic deities as a way of saying thanks. For us, it's a bit weird sacrifices, but that happened a lot in the past. And they would also wear costumes and they were mainly made out of animals' heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. And I saw that this way of, you know, dressing up as something else, this costume, animal costume, was actually because 
they believed in fairies and they also thought that because the veil was so thin between worlds um they would leave certain offerings for the fairies outside their villages and they would dress up so the fairies wouldn't think they were humans and wouldn't come and kidnap them or do something tricky to them um, while they were celebrating. And do you want to say something else about them? No, I just find it very interesting that, you know, this idea of thinning of the veil has prevailed for a long time. I mean, since that time until nowadays, people talk about it. And, you know, it wouldn't be only the druids, the priests who would try to predict the future of their village, but also normal people. They would, you know, do it as a form of play, I'd say, just to pass their time and have fun with their um, community members and try to predict their futures and their And there were some other um, Halloween um, traditions, I'd say, that happened in the past of people trying to predict, for example, their spouse's name or their spouse's faces or who would be the first one to marry in a certain group. Um, even when people, especially from Ireland, migrate, migrated to the U.S., they would still carry those traditions, which I think is something very fun to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, just a little comment. Also, the practice of trick and treat is something that came from this period. And also, like, from as I believe, as I read, Irish people actually introduced this practice to the United States. That is something we consider very American. But they would, in the past, they would go to the houses and they would receive little cakes, right? Yeah. What was the name? Yeah. Soul sure. cakes? So cakes, yeah. Yeah. They were more like cookies than cakes, but it's very interesting to see where it was originated, the treats. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to tell them a little bit about how it changed? Sure. So, time? yeah, as we know, everything changes a lot during time. Maybe some people would say back in the days, no, things would never change. We would never stop believing in our gods and deities and goddesses. But, you know, things change. So by 43 AD, the Roman Empire was conquering everything. And they had also conquered the majority of the Celtic territory. So in about 400 years, which is a long time, but actually like in history, it's not such a long time. Um, some of those Celtic lands were filled with people from the Roman Empire with Roman origins. And so some of the festivals also changed. So they were basically combined into the sowing as the Celtic used to know. Um, some of them would be Feralia, I believe it's named Feralia. I don't know how to pronounce properly, but yeah, they would celebrate this in late October to commemorate the passing of the dead, which is something very similar to sowing actually, or to Halloween that we know nowadays. And also another festival that was closed was Pomona, which was to celebrate the goddess of fruit and trees, which had the symbol of the apple. Um, so those were combined also in the same days of the selling. And then later on, with Christianity ruling many things over there, we saw that in um, back in the 609 AD, um, the Pope Boniface, for 
said that they should celebrate the martyrs of the Catholic Church. But they used to celebrate it in May. But then with another Pope, Gregory IV, oh no, sorry, Gregory III, he said that, no, we should not celebrate only martyrs, but we should celebrate saints and martyrs of the Catholic Church, of the Christian Church. And so they moved the celebration to November 1st. But as we know, November 1st is very close to October Halloween, to Halloween, to selling. So um, they decided to celebrate. Um, some people say that the, Christ, the Christian church tried to move their, their celebrations around selling because they, they try to convert people from their pagan ways to their ways. So actually makes sense. Um, so like Valentine's Day. Yeah. So in November 2nd, they were celebrating All Souls Day, which is something that people celebrate until now, even here in Brazil, the Day of the Dead. Um, and the day before that was the November 1st, was also uh, was All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. So that's why some people used to call 31st all hallows eve and then it became halloween yeah that's probably not too confusing too. but you know like all those festivals so close to each other but yeah i wonder how will halloween evolve with time you know because as we saw like sewing and then all hallows eve and then halloween and in the future who knows what's going to be Especially because it's taking a more worldly approach. So do people celebrate Halloween differently everywhere? And and even when Halloween is not celebrated, we can always see like Dia de los Muertos or some other celebration to the dead during this period of time, which is really, really interesting. Which I think is a confirmation that tells us that all oh, this is real, you know, like. It wouldn't be a coincidence, just a coincidence, you know, all those different cultures celebrating the dead um, during October and November, you know. So it's really interesting to see that. And I don't think it would change. But maybe people nowadays are not so in touch with um, spirituality in terms of believing. Hmm? And their ancestors. Yeah. And really believing in deities or really believing that they should um, pay homage to a goddess or a god or even their ancestors. So maybe this would change. It would be more like the horror movies day with candies. <laughs> yeah. so, oh no. That's right. But something that's funny that until now they remain, like carving some vegetables like pumpkins and in the past, this was made to eliminate the path of spirit. So like help spirit in the transition from this world to their world, basically, because they came to visit, right? And I think like this is very, is something that happened when sowing came to America because pumpkins are from the Americas. They're not from Europe. But I found really interesting what you told me that they would carve other things as well in Europe. Yeah. What were those? They used to carve turnips and potatoes and even beets before they they discovered pumpkin over here in, in the American continent. 
which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, pumpkin is easier, right? Because it's, it's hollow inside. Yeah. So I think it's easier to make it a lantern instead of a potato. <laughs> yeah. And it But had to be like a, a very big potato, I guess. Yes. And do you want to tell us a story yeah. related to pumpkin, pumpkins and lanterns and stuff? I think the most famous pumpkin lantern that people know is jack-o'-lantern. But actually, jack-o'-lantern was probably not a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> because it was from an Irish myth and it was back in the days that they were not here in America so there was no pumpkins but the myth says that there was a, a guy named Stingy Jack so you can imagine how nice he was and Stingy Jack was having drinks with the devil very common right he just right. in a nice evening having drinks with the devil and then he he thought well, I don't want to pay for that because he was very stingy, right? So I'm going to try to trick the devil to pay for me. Okay, so he tricked the devil to turn himself into a coin. The devil turned itself, himself, itself, I don't know, into a coin. For But then Stingy Jack thought, well, I can keep this coin for myself. So he decided to put the coin next to a silver cross so the devil could not transform himself back because of the cross. And then he made a deal with the devil saying that he would free the devil if he would not bother him for one year. And then if when he died, he would not claim his soul. Sounds like a deal, right? And then he released the devil, but we never trust the devil. He came back again. And the next year, he tricked the devil again. To that was a smart find, guy. Yeah, that was a smart guy. Or the devil, the devil was very Yes, to climb into a tree and pick up a piece of fruit. And then he carved in a tree a cross and then the devil could not go to the soil and he stayed in the tree and he made another deal with the devil saying that he would release him if he would not bother him for 10 years. So after that time, Jack died because nobody lives forever. Um, but then when he died, God would not allow Jack into heaven because he was not a good guy. But the devil would also not allow him into, you know, into hell because he said he would not claim his soul. And I guess he didn't want his company for eternity there in hell. So Jack had nowhere to go and the devil sent him off with just a burning piece of coal. And then the legend says that Jack carved a turnip to make a little lantern out of it and put the coal inside and kept roaming on the earth. So people were afraid of Jack and other evil spirits, so they would carve those ugly faces and turnips and potatoes and put inside of their house, inside, no, in front of their houses, okay. so they would uh, scare away those evil spirits, like Jack. Jack of the lantern or Jack-o-lantern. That's pretty nice. Wow. Can you imagine? How horrible it must be. Even the devil doesn't want to. <laughs> But it's quite funny to see how this idea of using light is used in both cases, you know, to scare the bad spirits away, but also to attract like your ancestors in their path back home to visit you. So maybe mm -hmm. there, there must be something about, you know, like 
only the good can follow the light or something like that, because otherwise it wouldn't work, right? Maybe. And there were also bonfires in the past. There's, until nowadays, actually, a lot of people still do it. So it's interesting to see how fire light has always been used. That's true. There's a lot of stories like ghost stories or, you know, they say like a ball of fire came and protected them and all those things. So protected maybe that's also, yeah, like showed the way back home mm. or, you know, like guiding people, like balls of fire, or balls of light and things like that. That's interesting. That's, yeah. But, you know, like talking about Halloween these days, I guess most people are not able to go to parties or together with very large group of friends. So um, do you have any suggestion of how people could celebrate their Halloween or like how are you going to celebrate your Halloween? Even for people who are, you know, by themselves, can they make the day a little more special? Yeah, you can. But it also depends what kind of Halloween you want to celebrate. If you're more into, you know, spirituality, you like Wicca, you like, you know, those traditions you go for sewing, then there's a lot of things you can do. But if you're more like, oh, no, I just like the parting side of Halloween, it's a different conversation, but you can also enjoy it. So why don't we start with celebrating Halloween and then we give some other ideas for those who want to celebrate sewing? Maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. So talking about Halloween, most people know. Um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is like watching horror movies or, you know, with some popcorn and just, you know, enjoying being scared, which I don't like. I don't watch horror movies because I'm and really like, honestly, afraid of them. Who can eat popcorn while watching something disgusting? I don't know. I can't. My stomach doesn't allow such thing. <laughs> but like you can watch The Corpse Bride or Nightmare Before Christmas or Coralini <laughs> or some other Beetlejuice, the Rocky Horror Picture Show or, you know, there's a plenty, plenty movies out there that are Hocus a bit Hocus. scary a bit cute but it's it's you know hocus pocus is one of the classics harry potter yeah. you can watch the entire thing again um so yeah i would recommend that you can also of course dress up as something you like as your favorite character or as something very punny <laughs> um And also, I think, like, I really enjoy making things like baking or cooking. So you can make little treats that reminds, like, scary things. There's a lot of recipes out there. I saw one. What is his name? You know, Monsters. Monsters, Inc. I think Inc. that's the name. Mm. And there's there's the, the one with the one night, Mike. Yeah. And he, some people made some really cute cupcakes that look like Mike. So like mm. you make this top that is green and then you cut the little white chocolate things to make like his ears that looks like big horns and the big eye in the middle. It's really That's cute. Nice. And 
I mean, especially if you have like children or if you have younger brothers or sisters, siblings. I think it's a nice way to celebrate together if you can go partying. <laughs> Today I saw a cookie that looked like a finger. It's pretty cool. And they use like a almond as the nail. It looked mm -hmm. like a rotting finger because it was like chocolate and then the nail was almond. It was pretty nice. And they put some strawberry jelly, you know, too. It was pretty cool. You can I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. There's like, you can make graveyards as well in cakes. Like you bake a chocolate cake and then you put some little crosses on top. And it's really, there's plenty of things you can do. Or you can just get in the mood, you know, put on your hat, take out your wand, go out in nature, throw some autumn leaves in the air, <laughs> put on some music, kind of like moody. I know my girlfriend is a witch. <laughs> you can make, there is this thing all over social media that people are dressing up as goats. You can do that um, too. Just like, get some white sheets and go put some sunglasses, take the pictures, upload. It's a very cool thing to do as well. And I just really enjoy watching videos about people making their costumes. I think it's really fun. I'm terrible. I don't know how to sew, how to do nothing like that. So I don't try, but I think it's really cool people who can create something like this. But your costume was pretty cool last, last Halloween, I guess. Was it last year? Which one are you talking about? <laughs> you dressed up as um what's her name from Adam's ah. family? Yeah. The the child. Wednesday Adams. Wednesday, yeah. It's pretty nice. I had though. all the clothes. That's a pretty easy one. <laughs> yeah. I don't dress up for Halloween for like ages. I think I never really did. What would you like to be for Halloween if you could choose? Who I would like to be? I don't know. Or what? What would I like to be? I think the kids from Stranger Things are nice. Yeah, they're nice. I don't know. You're going to be a mushroom. It's okay. <laughs> I would like to be a mushroom. I, I wouldn't mind. Can you imagine you were a psychedelic mushroom? Yeah, and exactly. then you, you have to create something to make it look psychedelic so you can be a bit of a hippie mushroom. That's that's super fun. I agree. So what about sewing? Yeah, yeah. What are your sewing is sewing? interesting. So sewing is much more spiritual than Halloween, the way we celebrate nowadays. So I guess it's very, like, introspective. It's not like this extroverted thing of Halloween, of posting things online and celebrating, like, partying with your friends. It's much more... Sounds something that you can do by yourself, for sure. Mm. Like, just one simple thing would be observing the cycles of nature. You know, appreciate autumn, go outside, feel the fresh air. Or if you're, even if you're not in the Northern Hemisphere, you can do this. Just appreciate the cycles of nature. And then also maybe this time invites you to let go of something, you know. Like the autumn leaves are letting go of their leaves. I mean, the trees are letting go of their leaves. You can also let go of something in your life. 
And many people like to do things with fire, right? Like you said, many people still do bonfires. Or even if you just have a candle, just lit a candle and then can maybe burn something you don't want anymore. In a, you write in a piece of paper and you burn it during your little sowing celebration, sowing ritual. Um, I think you can make kind of a, a ritual throughout your day, like being intentional with the things you're doing. If you know, for example, the, the energetic meaning of certain herbs or stuff or food, you can create a very nourishing meal for yourself and, you know, make your entire day special. And while you're doing that, you can literally like, it's like your little potion. You put your intention in there and you can make a little offering for the ones who passed away. And I think, I know not everyone is into writing, but if you are, a good thing is just like write down whatever you're feeling and also a letter, maybe a letter to your ancestors or a letter to spirit, a letter to whatever you believe. and. It's a moment really important also to, like I said, let go. But I think one thing we can let go as a collective humanity is this fear of death. And because it's so present during solving, during this transition of, you know, the veil is thinning, is realizing that this mortal experience, this physical body, we have to let go of it sometime. Like when we die, it's freeing actually. It's nothing to be scared of. And life and death is just something natural. And kind of embrace this process and see what may come up for you. Some people might be very, very, very scared of dying. So like, why are you scared of death? Like, can't you see something past that? And kind of make those questions for yourself. I know it can be a bit daunting to face those questions, but they don't need to be. I think humans make things so complicated when actually just a natural process. And I mean, for me, spirits are almost like the same as me, but they're just not having this 3D experience. But we have the same essence, you know. You are a spirit as well. You have a spirit, you know, so it shouldn't be frightening. Something that's like you, right? So, yeah, some people do even make altars for their their ancestors. And, you know, in some, some cultures, they offer food. But you can, like my sister said, just write something to them or even just put on, you know, their pictures out and have a little time to thank them in your mind. Some people, they even do a dumb supper, which was something that was done um, a long time ago. But some people kept the, the tradition of doing a dumb supper, which is on the day of the Samhain, you would... Um, play the table for the din for dinner, for example, and then put uh, serve a little bit of food and a little bit of the drinks you're having for your dancers in the table if there is like an empty seat for them. And everybody would have the meal in silence, complete silence. So they would really think about their ancestors and also be more sensitive towards any uh, thing that could happen during the meal because it's all in the the thinning of the veil so maybe there was a presence there maybe they would come up to really have the meal with with them so and then afterwards you would just put the the food outside you know like in nature or something i know many people don't have the space to do that but 
It's something that some some still do. Um, I mean, you don't have to do that because it's something that maybe is difficult, especially if you live with more people, they will be like not really understanding. But you can cook something special and then in your mind, say, I offer this with the intention to celebrate like my grandmother and you cook a recipe from your grandma, something like that would also work. Or even like if you don't want to throw food away, because like I I wouldn't eat that food afterwards because it's not for yeah. me, like it's for them. So maybe if you don't want to throw away food and it's not something that, you know, animals can eat because it's not good for them. You can, for example, just put an apple for the spirit. And then later on, you can put it in nature because for sure some animal, bird, whatever, will come and eat the apple. Yeah, that's true. Um, something that some people could do during sowing is also celebrating a god or a goddess that they like. You know, maybe they want to invite more beauty to their, their environment or more you know, strength or more health or fertility or whatever. And then they can, even if you don't know about a goddess or God that can help you now, you can do a little search. And then if you like anyone in particular, you can do a little offering to them as well, even if it's your intention or asking a prayer or, you know, something like that. Or just decorate your environment with autumn, autumnal things. It's also something nice just to get in the mood. You can mix both as well, like Halloween, the the normal way we do nowadays and sowing. You know, it doesn't need to be something separate. Even like the goddess and god aspect. Maybe you can dress up as Persephone, I don't know. And while you're doing that, like you do your makeup really nice and you put all the symbols that represent her and you can just take a moment like to breathe and connect to her energy. Yeah, like they'll be Kind of embody a bit of that. Maybe can go with you for the rest of the year. Seeing Samhain is also the Druid's New Year, the Witch's New Year, and something that is very fun is divination. You can always play um, cards with your friends. You know, like take out your take out your tarot cards or your oracle decks, and just make a little prediction for what's to come in the following months or for the new year. Um, if the veils are really thinner, maybe you can have a really clear message. Or you can also talk to a professional tarot reader. Maybe your reading will be like the best. <laughs> you can do a past life regression, something like this. But yeah, I think we, as you can see, we love those topics. We could talk about it for an entire month <laughs> and we could go on longer. But I think just let us know how you celebrate your Halloween. Maybe we can share a little bit in the next episode how we did, how we celebrated orbs. And yeah, it would be great to hear from you guys. If you dressed up, if you didn't, if you picked something special, you know. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you're interested to see a little more, there is a new post about Halloween is also in our blog on amsisters.com. Um, and if you like the episode, please leave us a review on the podcast. It really helps. Thank you very much. And I hope you have a lovely time during Halloween or Halloween. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye.